Well, 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 you came back, didn't you? You're back. Where? You know where you are. You're at the Always Be Booked Cruise podcast. And for that, I'm thankful. So happy to have you. My name is Tommy Casabona. Today, we're going to talk about a few things. Officially, this is going to be the pre-cruise episode to my upcoming Allure of the Seas cruise that's going to take place this week. That's right. We're in week zero. October 15th, that's a Saturday, and uh, we'll also talk about some cruise news, which will involve Carnival and some of their ships, as well as uh, Disney, some news going on with Disney, as well as some new technology that's being released for, I guess, people who are in the cruise and port business, for us cruise nerds as well. Anyway, I think what we should do is start the show. Oh, we back for another one, right? <laughs> Bags are packed. Hey, Tommy, you ready? Let's go. We going in. Hey. It's the night before the cruise And if I'm honest, I ain't sleeping But even if I could, I'd be dreaming About this weekend, all the fun we about to have Best we taking this vacation Always be booked on our way to embarkation Cause we know it's in store Pockets and palm trees, tropical sea breeze And frozen daiquiris, oh please Thank you sir, yes I think I'll have another Please don't blow my cover, cause I'm passing on the muster Bring a lover, bring a friend, bring someone you just met It ain't snowing where we going And the good times never end Here's the five more years, drinking beers, running Pierce, thanks for giving us your ears through the laughter and the tears. But we just getting started out here. Give us a holler if you're looking. You can find us somewhere south of the Bahamas. Getting hotter as we go. Cones and we united. So sound that horn, cause everybody's invited. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show coming to you not quite live from Boca Raton in sunny South Florida, more specifically the K Compound. And here we are for another week. These weeks, they just fly by, right? You love it when you have a cruise booked, right? general life yeah you know maybe a little depressing when everything flies by real quick but when you got a cruise booked or a vacation booked or something fun to look forward to as is the case with myself this week uh you love it you love when time flies i got a couple of days it goes from waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to oh shoot i gotta pack shout out to everybody shout out to the new listeners and then we got a couple that are going to be joining us on october 15th for the sailing on allure of the seas headed to labadee haiti uh, Curacao and Aruba couldn't be more excited, but I didn't. I don't start this stuff. I like to do that. I put myself in a position to be up against the eight ball as the hours wind down, because then I know that that is going. I put myself in a position where I want there to be more time before the cruise happens. But I know a lot of people have started packing. A lot of people, dare I say, have finished packing. But uh, that's not me. Hopefully, we're gonna have a great time. Not hopefully. We are absolutely gonna have a great time and. The more I research this cruise and the more I look into it, the more I just know that this is destined to be a fun, fun trip. I'm going to get into a little bit of cruise news, and then after that, I am going to preview this sailing, and then, of course, we're going to get to your emails at the end. But uh, before we do that, I just wanted to remind you to check out the Facebook group that we have. It's the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. We interact there. We have a good time. We have some fun. If you like cruising, if you like podcasts, 
podcasts. If you enjoy this show at all, the best way you could possibly help it out is to share it with somebody who likes any of those above things. Cruising, podcasts, whatever. Let them know we're out here. Always be booked. We're a fun, pretty chill group and we have a good time. Just check out the Facebook group. You'll see that. We break each other's chops. We give each other advice. We answer questions. We share photos. It is our best foot forward when you're talking about creating a cruise community. That is, once again, the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. I do have an Instagram account, too. Always Be Booked is the name of that. And YouTube, we just reviewed, not reviewed, but we did a ship tour, a pretty uh, complete and concise ship tour of the Virgin Voyages Scarlet Lady, which I just got off of a couple of weeks ago. And I was pretty happy with the way that video came out. So check that out on YouTube. Always be booked. And, um, you know, we have an email. If you guys want to be a part of the show, you can absolutely do that. And we not only welcome your emails, we thrive on your emails. Uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. And let us know anything you have to say, contributions, corrections, questions, anything you guys want to say as far as, you know, something to do with the show. I will read your email on air. You don't believe me? Try me. Guys, go to alwaysbebooked.com. The website is launched. It's populated. It's getting there. It's getting pretty close. You know, I wouldn't say it's a final project product, but I guess a website, right? Is a website ever a final product? I've been pretty consistent with updating the port profiles. We're getting there with that. Also have merch. If you want some Always Be Booked merchandise, you can go to alwaysbebooked.com. Scroll down and you'll see the merch there. Lastly, but not leastly, if you like this show and you'd like to get an Always Be Booked podcast, I call it the Wake Up Show, every single day of the regular week, you can do so. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Always Be Booked. For $8 a month, you get a show a day, Monday through Friday. It's about a half hour. We talk about what cruises are where, who's in what port. We talk about the news for the day, and we go off the rail sometimes as we've been known to do. We do it a little bit less on this show, I would say. If you if you were into that stuff and a lot of the hijinks, I mean, last night was no exception. Last night got off the rails a little bit. I was, it was just, there was some drinks, and uh, you know those every once in a while. Not always like that, but last night was a little bit, uh, we went off the, off, off, the, off the reservation a little bit last night. Um, but anyway, that is uh, patreon.com slash always be booked. $8 a month, you get a show every single day of the regular week, Monday through Friday. So if that's your type of thing, get in on that. Mostly, the biggest thing, though, share this. Share this with somebody. Let them know it's an acquired taste. Uh, people have said that. Some of the people who have uh, you know, necessarily had taken a little while to get used to it, to get into the flow, have become some of the most loyal listeners of the Always Be Booked cruise podcasts so if you do spread it around to some of your friends family members co-workers cruise buddies let them know hey give this guy a chance huh he's out here he's on the scene he's grinding it out he's been very consistent right i mean let's be honest your boy's been pretty consistent since august let's put all that stuff behind us and let's get into some cruise news for the week now you know it's funny us cruise nerds we seem to exercise personification when we talk about a lot of these cruise ships, right? And it's funny how an inanimate object like a cruise ship seems to get our sympathy, uh, our heavy hearts, I guess because the experiences we have on these cruise ships kind of warrant that. And they garner such, um, you know, feelings of emotions where we see 
these ships almost as living souls. For example, the Carnival Ecstasy. Now, she is about to sail, and she actually is sailing now on her final voyage out of Mobile, Alabama. Now, this is a 2,000 capacity ship. She's headed out from Mobile to Progresso and Cozumel on a five-night sailing that is going to be her last. I believe our buddy Doug Parker from cruiseradio.net is on that sailing. Again, this is going to be her last journey, her last ride into the sunset. We treat them, you know, when they go away, you know, some of them, I guess, think of all the memories that were shared on the Carnival Ecstasy. Uh, We treat them like a retired athlete when they go away, or even like we would if it was like the death of like a famous person, a singer, actor, somebody. When they leave, when when they exit service or when they go to scrap, it's like very, very sad. It's like part of... I don't want to get too bleak, but it's like part of that memory died. Just think if you got, if you had a, if if you proposed to your potential fiance, ultimately, eventually your wife or vice versa, your husband on that ship, and then that ship is no longer. Yes, a part of you does feel that. I don't want to say a part of that memory dies, but in a way, in a slight way, it probably does. But anyway, she is the smallest and oldest ship in the Carnival fleet at this time. And we're at this time not sure what's going to happen to her next. I bet we can kind of guess. Alation has been in service for over 31 years now. And that's about average for the lifespan of a cruise ship nowadays. She's that would put her about 80 years old in human years. It's insane and kind of ironic since part of my signature stick in the beginning of this whole project called Always Be Booked at the beginning of the podcast, I would playfully yet brutally make fun of Carnival for having these outdated ships in service. The truth is I did end up taking a trip on a fantasy class of ships and people said it to me tommy you're gonna love this cruise ship i don't care what you say you can make fun of it it was just based on you know you see the pictures and everything but once you're in port and let's just say you're on top of a royal caribbean or even a carnival ship you're on top of the carnival panorama and you're looking down and all of a sudden the elation or the ecstasy pulls in and you see that worn out wood you see a cruise ship that's half your size you see no balconies it looks like basically a a ship that you would, you know, it looks like a, a rubber boat that you'd play with in a bathtub. You know what I mean? It just doesn't look like a real modern day cruise ship. And for that reason, I would just always say like Carnival, you're the biggest and the baddest in the business. But I did eventually end up on the Carnival Paradise and boy, were all of you correct. What they lack in hardware, what they lack in modern amenities, they more than make up for in the experience on the cruise ship. Most of the entertainment staff from the cruise director on down, they absolutely crushed the experience. And that's probably why they know that they got to do they got some ground to cover when it comes to the hardware so they know that they got to make sure that you know you uh you have a great experience um there were originally eight of the fantasy class ships five of them were already retired this is going to be the sixth after this sailing and when ecstasy does go they're going to be down to two and that is elation and paradise it was crazy because i always said like why do they keep them you know the answer everybody who knew more than me the smarter than me people out there who were correct was saying you know yes they are rough yes they are old maybe kind of antiquated cruise ships but at the same time they're just such revenue generators they are paid off ships and it's all profit from here they don't cost a lot to operate you know people 
are loyal to them. They're in ports of call where there aren't larger other, uh, I guess, choices for cruisers to enjoy. So that's why people kept sailing on them. It was the only game in town. And because of that, they were so profitable for so long. But the pandemic took literally and I would say that the ecstasy is going to be, you know, when it's all said and done, you'll consider it a victim of the pandemic wiped out six carnival cruise ships. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. If you do want to know how many people have sailed on ecstasy, it is somewhere in the neighborhood of five and a half million total. So big shout out to everybody who has some amazing memories on Carnival Ecstasy. I would like to hear it. If you've been on Carnival Ecstasy and you have a standout memory, please email me, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com. Staying with the nerd stuff, we'll move over to Curacao, where the Port Authority over there is launching an app. Now, why would a port of call need an app? Well, this is kind of for the people who work there to follow the data, the comings and goings of cruise ships throughout the port. People who have a technical stake in the game will be able to monitor the details of all the vessels that are coming and going, as well as the berth locations. And the app will send out alerts when ships arrive and depart, uh, what the upcoming ships are, if there's any changes. So I guess anyone who benefits from knowing exactly when ships come and go will benefit from this, down to people who follow traffic, shopkeepers, restaurant employees, Employees, anybody who has a stake, you know what I mean? It's part of the economy, the cruise economy, even in a city like Miami. You think of a city, city like Miami and you're like, you know, there's so much going on. And the cruise port, the cruise port, Port Miami, is such a small part of the overall economy. But the reality is that that's not true. You know, talk to Miami, talk to the city officials and the economists in Miami and think and, and ask them about how important the cruise ships are. We saw it when the pandemic happened. The governor was ready to sue the, the government, the federal government over or the CDC or bring up a legal case against the CDC over the money that was being lost by lost revenue from cruising not being a thing for a while. So it's big and this is no different. So Curacao, I think it's kind of cool. We all, not all of us, I should say, many of us cruise nerds, we, we look at websites like cruisemapper.com and uh, others that tell you where the ships are, tell you who's going to port in what ships on what days. And it gives us an idea of, you know, where, where we're coming. We are, some of us like to see who gonna, who's going to be in the port, other ships, because we're ship spotters. We like to get those photo ops with other ships that we may not have seen in person. How many people are going to be in port? I know damn well when Nassau is busy, you know, and there's five or six big ships in Nassau. The Atlantis experience is completely different than it is when there's one or two smaller ships, especially for the people who go to Atlantis. They may have a stake in it and they may want to look at the app. But the only problem with the app is that it's just for Curacao. So my hope is that this becomes a thing where there's, you know, other ports of call end up doing it. But then what happens then? You're gonna have 25 different cruise port apps in your, you know, in your iPhone, or your, uh, you know, any of your, whatever smartphone you have. It's probably not likely. So you're gonna to want to, you know, if they come up with something like this that it's streamlinable as an app across the board, because Cruise Mapper is great if you're at a desk, if you're at a computer, but the app is not necessarily that friendly to get that information. I downloaded this app. And it looks awesome. Like at the drop of a hat, at the touch of a button, you can find out, you know, three days from now, who, what time 
XYZ ship is going and what berth. Not that it matters to us much what berth they're going to be at, but you know, there's five or six berths in Curacao. You know, some of them, I think there's two of them. They're, they're deemed megaship berths. It says megaship one, megaship two. So you know, if there's a megaship, it's going into one of those two berths. And, you know, it's kind of cool. Yes, absolutely. Real nerd cruise stuff. But, you know, I think if this is a look into the future as. You know, if, if we can extrapolate this out and eventually come up with an app where it's this easy, but all the cruise ports are at the, at the touch of your fingers, that would be absolutely phenomenal. And then lastly, from a news story standpoint, because we do have a lot to cover today, we're going to talk about Disney. So there is a cruise ship right now that's under construction called the Genting Dream or the Genting Dream. I don't freaking know how to say it. Do you? Let me know. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. They keep referring to this ship as the largest cruise ship in the world when it's complete. Uh, But then they add by capacity. To me, you got to stop doing that. Can we stop calling it the largest ship in the world by capacity? Okay, it's it's it holds the most people. Yes, let's just stay that say that the largest ship in the world right now, as many of us know, is the Wonder of the Seas by Royal Caribbean. She is eleven hundred and eighty eight feet long and almost 240,000 gross tons. She's followed closely by several of the other Oasis-class ships, which are roughly the same size, maybe a couple of pounds less, a few feet shorter. While the Genting Dream uh, promises to hold more people, and that's to the tune of 9,000 people, I mean, you're not going to (laughs) really... I don't want to see that line in the buffet. That's going to be out of control. Uh... She's only 208,000 gross tons. Now, I know, only, that's ridiculous. That's an absolutely huge cruise ship. But it is it is about 30,000 gross tons less than any of the Oasis-class ships, which hold way less people. So it's going to be interesting how they're going to do that. I know a lot of, you know, one of the biggest complaints about cruising is just size and space. And you saw cruise ships like the Norwegian Prima. That's one of their calling cards on their on their new ship is that they say this is going to be a very comfortable ship. We're lowering guest capacity per square, I guess, footage on the ship because of the fact that we want the cruisers to have a more comfortable, spacious experience. And why are they doing that? Because that's what the demand is asking for. This ship is going in a different direction. Now, the project was supposed to cost $1.6 billion, but Genting Hong Kong, the company who was building it, is no longer operational. They're headed for liquidation and eventually evaporation. So this monster of a ship, which hasn't even finished construction, seems to be up for grabs. And even though the project was set to cost $1.6 billion, it's not likely that Disney is going to have to pay anywhere close to that in order to acquire this brand new mega ship. There have been rumors as to who might end up owning it, uh, but... At this point, no one has officially pulled the trigger, and that's including Disney. So we are still at this stage, just it's just a rumor. And I guess maybe we'll wait a few days, a few weeks, see if this thing grows any legs. But that would be probably pretty scary to the overall cruise market. Now, I don't think, what are you going to do? Like Disney's going to put out, and Disney, who's so focused on the experience, if if, if Disney's anything, they're focusing on guest experience. Are they really going to try to ram 9,000 guests on a 210 square uh, gross ton cruise ship? 
That's very un-Disney-like, but we'll see what happens. And I also guarantee they're not going to uh, rebuild or remodel the hotel structure. That's not going to happen. So to me, does it, just based on that, I know there's a whole bunch of other factors that are in play. Like if they can get this cruise ship for you know less than a billion dollars, or you know, I mean, they, they they go right to the top as far as you know, as far as inventory, overall inventory from a cruise line standpoint, it would be a huge move for them. But just from the capacity guest to squad gross ton ratio, it doesn't really make sense for a Disney ship. But we will see if they get it at a steal. If they can steal this ship then yes, it does make sense. But like I said, we will keep you posted on this and we'll watch of uh, any more developing information coming over the next days or weeks. All right, what we want to do today and what the main topic for this show is, is to preview my upcoming sailing on Allure of the Seas. We got a nice little group going. It was a group cruise. It was an always-be-booked proper Pirates and Pier Runner group cruise. It showed some promise, but circumstances prevented many of our uh, uh, original group members from being able to sail on this cruise. So while that's a bummer, if you did have a chance to look at my face right now, you would see someone who is still absolutely elated that I will be on a cruise ship. And in just a few short days, it will be a cruise day in America. That's right, this Saturday. So we know about the ship. She's an absolute unrefurbished monster of a ship i mean it's a flat out sailing pig a floating elephant if this cruise was a star wars character she would be jabba the hut or it's a a she so it's jabba the huttress maybe if we're going to specify gender gender but as mentioned she has not been amplified and that's big in my opinion yeah a, a lot of it's bad news but i think it's good news you don't get the fancy playmakers you don't get the updated music hall you don't get the robot bartenders or the lime and coconut bar but you do get a lot of other things you get a beautiful wide open aft a clear view of the dive theater you know a lot of the newer oasis all of the newer oasis class ships all of the other oasis class ships i should say because of the amplification on oasis and you know harmony was built with one that slide very popular slide people love the great abyss i mean i don't know about it i'm not i don't know if i'm jumping on that thing you hop in a potato sack and all of a sudden they throw you 10 10 decks low i'm not sure i'm gonna leave it alone you guys might like it but what i do love is that i do have a aft sort of i guess located aft boardwalk balcony And I love that because when you are aft and you have the no slide there, you get a clear view of the dive theater. You get a clear view of the movie or TV or football screens that they have, whatever whatever they're showing. And then you have the ocean. You could see the wake. Not maybe not the wake, but you can get a good view. It's almost like having a poor man's ocean ocean view balcony. And I just love being from New York. And you know, you see the you know, I just love the people watching sit out there on the balcony, maybe get a drink, start the day off, see the people walking around the boardwalk, seeing the goings-on of the ship. I love the idea of that. you know, And I love the fact that, quite frankly, the Great Abyss slide is not going to be there. You also get a waterfront Sabor. You know what I mean? The Sabor Mexican concept is clearly being, I guess, phased out. 
they're not putting them on the new ships. They, I guess, you can't replace it with El Loco Fresh because El Loco Fresh is grab and go. Sabor is a nice sit down Mexican concept, which. I don't know. Sabor is interesting because it's a completely different experience on the Oasis class of ships. I think the original thought behind Sabor when it was put on some of the uh, older ships was that it was going to be a little bit of a new Mexican experience, a little bit more focus on presentation, decor, modernized Mexican. But when they put it on the Oasis class of ships, they stuck it on the boardwalk and it's got a little bit more of an outdoor feel. And I don't know if that had any of the influence that it did, but it seems to go a little bit more towards simplified Mexican and just kind of burritos and tacos and guacamole that is not table side. It's never been table side. I've never had guacamole. Now it's real guacamole. It's real avocados. I'm sure they're making it fresh, but they're not going through the whole song and dance where they come out and and make it fresh in front of you. But you know, I think it's cool that you do get a Sabor on the ship, though, and I think it's cool that you do get that outdoor tequila bar that they have where the I guess you would land if you were doing the Great Abyss slide. Now they have the that on Allure, they have the hut. It's kind of like a tiki bar looking thing towards the back of the ship. Yeah, maybe it is kind of in the way of the dive theater if you're trying to view it from the balcony, but I think it's very functional. I think a bar right there is very, very functional. You know, you're asking the wrong guy. You know what I mean? You tell me, you ask me, is this a good place for a bar? You could pretty much point to anywhere in the ship, and I'm be like, yeah, you know what? That, that right there, that would be a good place for a bar. Put a bar there. Why not? Can't go wrong with it. I also love the um, Dazzles. You know what I mean? They changed they changed it to the music hall on a lot of the, the ships. And I like the music hall, but I think what they're really doing is just making it into a music hall without the, I guess, the the name or this the same decor. Dazzles is attractive to me because, yes, it is kind of dated as far as the layout and the, and the decor, but I like that. I feel like I'm, you know, if, if you ever watched Scarface and you watched the Babylon Lounge where they all hung out at, it's like, old school 1980s Miami feel to it. I kind of like it. It's a little cheesy, but I enjoy the performances in there. It's a very, very comfortable venue. It's a nice place to be. I'm I'm a fan of Dazzles. I don't know. What do you guys think? Let me know. Uh, I think there's something charming about leaving one Oasis class ship unrefurbished. Now, I guess they ran the numbers. If you do look, Allure sailings uh, are priced notably lower than the rest of the class. And I guess those folks that wear the suit and ties at Royal Caribbean and they're in the boardrooms, they do know what they're doing. So from a business standpoint and a revenue standpoint, I guess it does make sense to amplify all the ships because I do think Allure is scheduled to be amplified. It was supposed to have been amplified already, if I'm not mistaken. It just hasn't yet because they had a... You know, the pandemic pushed a lot of things back, supply chain issues and worker shortages and things like that, you know, so they put it back. So, But I think they do have it rescheduled. I don't know. You could check. Uh, what to watch out for? Based on being in the Facebook groups, shout out to Scott. I mentioned before, I did join a couple of the Facebook groups that are associated with the last two sailings. Now, there's a group that's the, from the 1st to the 9th, and then there's a group that's from the 9th to the 15th. We got more information out of the first group because the group that's sailing right now, the 9th to the 15th, is still at sea. So it's not all said and done yet. But I want to say the Facebook group from the 1st to the 9th, this is what a Facebook cruise group is supposed to be about. They, you know, they were really active pre-cruise. They stayed active while they're on board, which is usually not the case. My experience in Facebook groups is that everybody gets all charged up and everybody wants to kind of 
meet and greet and talk and banter before the cruise. But once the cruise starts, the group dies down and people just start focusing on just being at sea and being on their cruise. And usually when it does end up being a post that is in sailing, a lot of times it's complaint driven. You know, that's the squeaky wheel theory. You know what? I'm going to take to Facebook and let my thoughts be known. But this group was amazing. There was a lot of helping each other out with items on board. Like if somebody needed aspirin, I even saw somebody asking for tampons, (laughs) hair dryers. It was cool to see people helping each other out. Now, a couple of things that I know to hear some bullet points that I took. I I didn't want to just jump and write down anything that somebody said one time. I looked for consistencies during the post and looked to see what I can expect based on the feedback that were from the people who were on board. And the other reason why the first to the ninth, that sailing is a little more helpful because it mirrors our itinerary that we're going on. And the one that's currently on right now is a little bit, uh, that's a Western Caribbean run. So it's different. So Starting with the first point, it seems like the crew really went above and beyond for guests when it comes to special occasions. Now, sometimes you see that on more of the basic ships. I don't know if there's like a rallying cry within Royal Caribbean. Hey, listen, we're the only Oasis class of ships that's not amplified. We don't have a lot of the bells and whistles, so we have to make up for it for the lack of hardware with the experience. And I can tell you that's exactly what they did going back to what I said about the fantasy class on carnival, right? You know, so they stepped up because, you know, they don't have the newest features. So we're going to make sure that we, you know, and this is what it sounds like happened. And I don't know if it's consistent because of the, because of the fact that this is not amplified, but it's possible. It's possible. And I would say it's especially tough to do when you're talking about an Oasis class ship because every cruise ship has the reasons you go on it. They can't very rarely does a cruise ship nail every single detail. Some of them are better at some things. Some of them are built to be better at one thing than they are the other. And it is really tough to give that real personal touch on any oasis class ship just because of the pure size but it did sound like they made a real strong effort and it definitely translated to the guests on this particular sailing uh it looks like the cruising ducks moving on it does look like the cruising ducks craze is picking up some steam i have yet to participate but i do suppose i'm getting closer to seeing what all the fuss is about because on this sailing you know whether it's adults or kids alike everybody was excited about the ducks they had cool tags on them some of the ducks were like not ducks but like combinations between ducks and pigs and turtles it looked like people were having a lot of fun with these cruising ducks and yeah listen it's not something that i'm jumping at right now but it gave me a little fomo to not be involved in the whole duck thing maybe one day one of these sailings i'll eventually get into the whole duck thing uh, it sounds like the first to the ninth sailing ended up going through some pretty rough seas uh we'll talk later about that because there's more details as we move on uh some were nervous about the conditions uh in and around the abc islands based on weather reports uh royal's chief meteorologist did weigh in but after all she is an oasis class ship and it ended up being very manageable so people did see the weather particularly sailing out of curacao people were communicating each other sharing weather reports and doppler and all of a sudden some guy was being very very funny jim cantone i guess is a famous weather personality and he would just repost pictures with jim cantone on the deck in some bad weather it was pretty it was like he would like 
recreate the images. It was pretty funny, but uh, you know, people were concerned. People were like, I really hope this is not going to be bad. I'm nervous. I'm a new cruiser. And I'm ended up being about 11 foot waves, which is no joke. But again, you're on the allure of the seas, one of the most stable ships in the business. And I guess at one point they thought they were sailing neck and neck with Explorer of the Seas. And they were kind of celebrating like, yeah, we had, we were okay. It wasn't too bad. I'm sure it, you can't say the same for our neighbors to the left, uh, uh, Explorer of the Seas. Because again, 11 foot waves on an Oasis ship versus an 11 foot wave on an, uh, an Explorer ship is a way, way different experience. Um, as always, there was a lot of people raving about seventies night. People were saying that they had a great time. The cruise director, and we'll talk more about him in a minute, but, uh, at that particular event, he did a great job and people were really having a great time at the seventies night. Lots of pictures, you know, usually, like I said, you, you see these Facebook groups and there's just as much complaining as there are accolades, but this one was different, man. People seem to love this freaking sailing, and that got me pumped. It really, really did, as it should you if you're on this sailing. And if you're not on this sailing, don't you think you should be? There's still time to book. Uh, email me, tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Um, if you get Komang as a room attendant, seems like you're going to be in really, really good shape. There were multiple people raving about him. His name is Komang. Uh Remember his name because you know one thing about those room attendants. They're going to remember your name. And Orlando crushed it in the dining room, apparently. If you get Orlando as your main dining room server, you will be well, you will be in great hands. Now, multiple people on the ABC cruise said that they, they've done many cruises. This is coming from experienced cruisers. And they said it was their best sailing ever. So that was really, really encouraging. I'm... I'm this is what I love. This is what I, this is what gets me hyped. I did hear a lot in the beginning of, I guess, um, crowds, especially in embarkation day. It was a little tough. People were just showing up whenever they wanted. I guess there was a, a, a lot of uh, congestion. People were definitely complaining about that. So that's a good thing to know for as far as I'm concerned. And I said it on, you know, one of my other podcasts, like I'm, I'm excited to hear about a little bit of the bad news. I'm excited to hear that there were some hiccups and some issues because that helps me manage my expectations. You know what I mean? Cruising in general. I think we all have to go into cruising, whether it's during hurricane season, whether it's knowing that there's a lot of moving parts from a mechanical standpoint, a lot of moving parts from a moving parts standpoint, because we're freaking all moving. So a lot of things can go wrong on a cruise ship. And I think we we should, if we don't, go into our cruise knowing that and having a little bit of patience for some delays or some rerouting or some other issues that you wouldn't expect or expect you shouldn't expect on a land-based vacation. Uh, people said the highlight uh, in Curacao was Casabo Beach, where the beach was so beautiful. The water was so pristine. The snorkeling was amazing. They say that they absolutely loved Casabo uh, Beach in Curacao, and that was a highlight. So, just to kind of put that out there, if you're still looking for something to do in Curacao, they say Casabo Beach does not disappoint. People raved about Mamma Mia. People said it was the best, I guess, couple of hours they had spent at any show at any on any show 
on any ship they'd ever been on. Nobody, and this is rare, like I said, consistencies. I don't look for one or two people saying this. Consistencies across the board. People said that they had not a bad word to say about Mamma Mia. So I plan, I plan to see Mamma Mia. You know, that's always, I always say it. Rule number one, don't try to predict your cruise. Make a plan and be willing and ready to deviate from that plan at a moment's notice. But we'll see what happens. The belly flop competition, it's back in business, I guess. They had done away with it for a while, but on this particular ship, it looked hysterical. Of course, you don't want the 120-pound people doing the belly flop. You want those 350 to 450-pounders doing it, coming up there with a little song and dance, doing a little twirl, doing whatever, a little entertainment value, right? A little charisma. Bring a little charisma to the belly flop competition. Sounds like there was uh, no shortage of that on this sailing. Now, there were some complaints, mild complaints, that there wasn't enough communication when it came to a lot of the dress up and the theme nights, whether it's the 70s parties or any of the other stuff that you might have to kind of maybe bring some, I guess, uh, uh, wardrobe flair to. They weren't the best at communicating that all the time. Uh, It's worth noting that the selfie tour and snorkeling tour were both canceled in Curacao. And you got to remember that could happen. Be ready for cancellations on some of your excursions. And why is that happening? It's because your particular time, I guess, range didn't sell enough. That's usually what happens. Sometimes it's mechanical. Sometimes it's weather. Sometimes it's other unforeseen circumstances. But usually what happens is, is that let's just say they plan for Three on the cruise planner. There's three, I guess, time slots where you can book a city tour, right? You know, and then the first two sell out, no problem, and then the third one doesn't, or you know, doesn't even come close to selling out, or whatever the number is that they deem for it to be cancelable. That's what it doesn't mean. It's not a good excursion. Doesn't mean it didn't sell out early. Doesn't mean it's not cool to do. It's just that your particular time slot did not sell enough for this. tour to be profitable. And yeah, we could argue all day long whether or not that's the right thing to do. If there's three people, if it's on the time slot and there's three people that paid for it, they should probably honor it. I don't disagree with that, but I don't know the numbers. I don't know the finances and I don't have enough information to be able to uh, say whether or not that that is a prudent decision that is made on those cancellations. Uh, yeah, the Curacao weather came during the end of the day. Apparently, it was nice going into the sa- into port, and it was nice for most of the day, but uh, you know, it, it got bad towards the end. And I will tell you, remember, any of these ports, remember you're in the Caribbean, even in Florida where we are, in Fort Lauderdale, F- Miami, South Florida, West Palm, that's what it is. A lot of the nice, beautiful weather is during the day, and it will undoubtedly unload closer to the early evening you know what i mean and that is no more prevalent than in a place like labadee that is just notorious you you mark my words like we're not on this cruise yet and when we get to labadee it's gonna come in hopefully it'll be beautiful coming in sun will be out but as we're about to depart from labadee just be ready it's most likely going to rain um what else we have here so uh weather in curacao uh David Kenny, I heard raves about him as a solo act. He's a guitar player. You find him in the pub. Now, I don't 100% have confirmation that he'll be on our sailing, but if he's on the sailing, one or two sailings before ours, there's a good chance David Kenny will still be the uh, guitar player in the English pub 
the bow and stern, I believe it's called in our case, in the promenade. And that is one of our absolute favorite places to be on a cruise ship. Uh, you know, pre-nightclub, after dinner, if you don't have a show or after the show, I think they go until about 1 a.m. But when you talk about sing-alongs, you're talking about grabbing a pint or grabbing a drink, ending up in that English pub concept on those cruise ships are amazing. And here's another reason why I absolutely love the fact that this, sh- this ship has not been amplified. Okay, because I was on the Oasis of the Seas both before and after it was amplified. And one of the most charming, enjoyable things about the Oasis of the Seas the first time I went on was the English pub. Why? Because it felt like a New York City English or Irish pub. The wood was sort of worn out a little bit in some cases. And again, this may not be everybody's cup of tea, but you walk in there, you smelt a little draft beer maybe from 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 2011. I don't know. Is that charming to you guys? I don't know. To me, it's like, you know, what what they did with the newer versions is they made it look like wood, but then they put this epoxy over all of it. And yes, it's cleaner. It's nicer. It's more fresh feeling, but it's not like I'm from New York City. And there's nothing more you like walking into a divey old English or Irish pub where you can know that there's some history there. And I love the fact that we're not going into a refurbished one. We're going into a real, a, a real authentic feeling English pub in the form of the Bow and Stern on Allure of the Seas. Uh, also, remember, Johnny Rockets is free for breakfast. Okay, it's a paid restaurant during the day, but for breakfast, it's free. I saw a couple of pictures. It looks like they they make the wait the wait staff do a little welcome dance performance to everybody who's having breakfast there. I I guarantee you they have. I guarantee you they despise that. I guarantee you the staff hates that. It's funny, but uh, you know bunch of people coming in eating for free you got to sing and dance at eight in the morning for them it's you know and then give them their free food and probably not get tipped or whatever else it is uh listen johnny rockets forget about breakfast even though it's a really good option for breakfast it's an underrated experience okay people like to shit on uh uh, uh, johnny rockets a little bit i think because guys burgers from carnival just really just slammed onto the scene it's free it's grab and go it's got the guy fieri name behind it there's a person that's kind of like representative of it it's got the cool race car decor it's a smash burger it's again i love guys burger but despite the fact that you have to pay for the johnny rockets burger I mean, don't discount the fact that you get full sit-down service. It's cheap. It's worth it. It's a good freaking burger. So, you know, all the people who underrate Johnny Rockets, I I say don't sleep on a Johnny Rockets burger. They have onion rings. They have a good experience. They have a a good choices of burgers. They have good milkshakes. It's a good good place to go. I definitely recommend uh, Johnny Rockets as a burger joint. You know, it does suck that you have to pay for it, but... It, uh, you do get the service. Uh, in Aruba, we all know what the attractions are in Aruba. People love the ATV experience. That is the, if you're going to do one thing in Aruba, it is a little pricey. It is a little, I guess, activity intensive. It is a little long and you do get a little dirty, but they just, I mean, I, I still haven't done it. I still want to do it. I just keep hearing and it's always the first excursion to sell out. ATV tour in Aruba. So if you haven't, I don't think you can book one now with the cruise line. If you're one of those brave souls like myself who don't have any problem 
booking an excursion outside the cruise line and you really want to do the crown jewel experience in Aruba, just know that it is that ATV, UTV, uh, four-wheeler, off-road, self-driven experience through whatever it is, the desert, Arakak National Park, the rock formations, uh, especially when the sun's coming up or going down. I hear uh, that's just the, an unbeatable experience in Aruba is the four-wheeler experience. I'm hearing raves and seeing rave pictures that actually changed my whole look at it. I'm leaning towards maybe going to Baby Beach all the way south of the island. Of course, it's not like, you know, like the proximal beaches like Eagle Beach or Palm Beach, which are mainstream, loaded with amenities, close enough to the cruise port, uh, littered with resorts and hotels. But Baby Beach is that real remote experience, south tip of the island. Uh, it's got a cool restaurant there that seems to have an infinity pool. I might just do that. I might just jump in a cab with a couple of people and just go to Baby Beach and just like get a couple of those pictures, man. They keep saying it's a great beach for kids. Everybody keeps saying. And the reason they say that is because the... Um, because the it's in a cove and it's just such a safe place with very very you don't get you don't get hit too hard with the current it's very and that's cool i just hope there's not too many kids there no offense I, i've said it on the podcast all the time i do not have kids but i am such a proponent of family cruising and families in general uh but yes what do you want me to tell you i'm a single guy and i prefer a cruising that is less kid driven and uh it's unfortunately how i'm gonna feel when i go to baby beach i've i contest with people people say i don't want any kids around i don't kids no dude that's on you if you book a freaking cruise in the middle of july and you're gonna complain about all the kids that's on you during or you're gonna cruise during christmas break you don't listen i'm not listening to you complain about kids families family cruising is a thing and it should be and it's a beautiful thing but yes for my personal preference i enjoy a cruise that has less kids running around and you know that's what i'm saying like baby beach hopefully uh you know again i'm like i don't expect to <laughs> i don't expect to have a kid-free beach but ideally you know when we get there it won't be you know a crazy wild you know splash park with kids running around like lunatics all over the place my preference no offense not offending not trying to offend anyone uh labadee uh as it, it, the reports out of labadee from this particular sailing is that like it happens on a lot of islands, this happens often, and I know Labadee is not an island, but it is a portion of the island of Española on the Haiti side where Royal Caribbean has carved out a resort area. And that's what Royal Caribbean has. So it might as well be an island for Royal Caribbean in that regard. And a lot of times what does happen is that, you know, you get to the island and the cruise uh, crew has to get off first and they have to set up the island and make it ready for you to enjoy all the amenities whether it's the barbecue whether it's the bars whether it's the water sports all that stuff they get on they get off before we do and they set up shop and then once they're all set up we get off and we get to enjoy our day a lot of times what happens is that they start to run out of things by the end of the day whether it's product whether it's just at the end of the day on any of these private islands or private locations, private resorts owned by the cruise line, there becomes a look in the eyes of the staff that's on the island. And it's like they just almost like at the end, it's like they're halfway through. They're fighting a war. They, they seemed a little, they always seem a little defeated because what they're up against is the fact that they're running out of provisions. 
to to keep along with the uh, military uh, terminology. And they're dealing with the unhappy guests that are dealing with it. I remember getting the labadoozies. The labadoozies at the end of the day, it starts out in a big cooler and it's like a shovel. They shovel the labadoozie into your cup and the labadoozie is the signature drink on Labadee. You know what I mean? So it starts out fine. They're shoveling the icy drinks into the cup. By the end of the day, that ice chest is like half water, half liquid. They're half out of it. They're out of ice. They're out of fruit, especially and I say this all the time, you want to get it some entertainment value, you go to that barge bar. You swim out to the barge bar. By the way, on Labadee, it's a little bit of a trek. If you have any water shoes, put them on in Labadee because if there's one issue with Labadee is that it's a very rocky beach. And if you don't have water shoes, is it manageable? Yes, but it's a lot better if you do. The flip-flops are rough. I got out there in flip-flops. They fall off. Some of the time, you know, it's not as bad as Coco K, but you feel like you're stepping in like, I mean, I don't know if there's a feel to walking in manure, wet manure, but that's kind of the feel on uh, on Coco K. And some of that is translatable to Labadee as well. But the beaches are rocky, so definitely have some water shoes if, if you're so inclined. But you get out to that bar, and I'm telling you right now, you t- I'm telling you right now, uh, and if, if maybe it's not, maybe I'm wrong, but this will be the first time. But towards the end of the Labadee, Labadee day, if you're sitting on that barge bar, the bartender out there will have the feel of like, if you've ever seen the movie Armageddon, I don't know who's seen it, but when they got to the first stop, which was that rush, that space station, I guess they had to refuel or whatever, but the Russian space station, I guess, uh, astronaut that was sitting there and he hadn't seen earth in like a few years and he was just completely out of it and kind of like had that fog of war look, that thousand yard stare in him. Just he's out of his mind. They're out of their minds. And that's what you get with the bartender. Usually that's at that barge bar. It's fun just to see. They start making fun of people. They start cracking inappropriate jokes that they shouldn't be saying. They start, they lose, they lose it a little bit out there. I mean, think about it. The managers are never out there, so they don't have to watch their poor as much. What do you think? You get a you get a manager around the ship. He's checking on the bars, making sure everybody's doing. What do you think? The manager's swimming out there? To check on the bar. Hey, you, I got to swim out there to make sure this guy's not overpouring. No, they have carte blanche. Half the time, I bet they had a couple drinks in them. I'm guessing. I don't know that, but it's just a fun scene. Swim out to that barge bar towards the end of Labadee Day. It's a, it's a, it's a show in itself watching that bartender operate. Um, Aqua Show. There were cancellations, and that's that's always the case. And I have to warn you guys about that. If you're new, uh, if you're going to a, on a Royal Caribbean oasis class ship that has a dive theater if you really are hell-bent on seeing a dive show make sure you book early and go to the early shows don't think to yourself well i'm going to catch the night six or the night seven showing because at any time of the day night or evening on any day of the cruise those dive shows those aqua shows can be canceled i don't know what it is i I do know what it is as far as the um the the, the 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 sea conditions if they're too wobbly i mean i don't know what they're doing i don't know how they get those people to jump from eight stories into a freaking little pool that may or may not be full you know the uh, the dive theater the pool goes from being a stage and then they pull the bottom out and then all of a sudden it's a pool you know what i mean that's a lot of trust when you're standing because if this pool this so-called pool just five minutes ago was actually a fully f- filled stage 
solid stage, if you know what I'm, if you can imagine what I'm saying, it's not a pool. You can stand on it. It's actually solid ground. But then they hit a button, and then the solid ground goes away, and it's a pool, and back and forth and back and forth throughout the show. You have to have balls of steel to be standing on that high dive diving board and just trust that the person at the bottom is doing the right thing and they switch that switch to make sure it's a freaking you know whatever it is i don't know how deep the pool has to be for you to jump from eight decks and dive head first into it but those people are out of their minds they're crazy but having said that you know they first they do a high wire act i'm not i don't mean to steal this i don't mean to spoil it okay but there's a lot that goes on on these dive shows and uh if the current is not what it's supposed to be and the waves in the in the ocean the motion in the ocean is such that it becomes dangerous for them to try to perform this show they got to cancel it so the earlier you book this show the more chance you'll be able to catch it uh, in in a makeup show and if you just put all your eggs in the night seven basket you might be fine but it might get canceled that's why I say if it's really, really important for you to guarantee seeing one of these aqua shows, try to see it early. This way, you'll have other chances if that particular performance is canceled. Um, if you don't like crowds, stay away from the parades and the parties and especially the flash retail sales in the promenade. Okay, they become crazy. You know, the parade night, everybody's vying early to get their right seats. Uh, the flash sales, they just a mob just shows up out of nowhere, and it's people who want who who want eleven t-shirts for nine dollars, and you know that type of crowd is not necessarily your ideal crowd. I guess I love a good bargain just like anybody else, but the people who kind of just swarm these freaking clearance sales are uh, it's, a, it's a it's a it's it's a rough it's a rough lot. Let's just put it like that. Uh, on this particular sailing, a woman did get blasted in the head by a flying pool umbrella on the pool deck. She did need medical attention. It was a big thing. There was a big to do about it. She continued to stay active in the group. Yes, they, you just heard her language. Yeah, there's going to be a lawsuit. And I guess rightfully so, right? I mean, I'm not a litigious guy. I get it. But if you're standing on a pool deck minding your own business and a freaking umbrella comes out of nowhere and blasts you in the head and this, next thing you know, your cruise is, you know, you're you're in your room, you're in, you're, you, you get knocked out, you got to receive medical attention. Yeah, that that's rough for your vacation. And yeah, she might be entitled to a couple of things, especially Royal Caribbean. They're loaded. They got insurance. Everything is good. I, you know, I don't like it if it's frivolous. But this sounded like from it, what it sounds like, it was a big enough to do on the deck to have everybody in the group asking about it. Uh, so I guess she was really injured and, you know, there'll probably be some uh, they'll be hearing from from a lawyer at some point. Uh, cruise director Chris on Royal Caribbean cruise ships. It sounded like this guy was sounds like this guy was fine, but we just know. If you've sailed Royal Caribbean, you know that the cruise director is not necessarily the biggest thing. They're not going crazy trying to have like a carnival cruise director who is legitimately in your face and part of your cruise all the time. Sounds like this guy, Chris, does a good job, but like a typical Royal Caribbean cruise director, he's not in your face. He's more of a compliment, you know, and especially on an Oasis class ship. I say that a lot. I know, but it's different. This is different. When these things came on the scene in 2009, they changed everything that you're going to think about when it comes to cruising. This is a freaking county on, on, on the water. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a village at sea legitimately. So yeah, 
it's going to be hard for the cruise director to have as much impact as he would on uh, the explorer of the seas. Uh, the one last thing that I got from the Facebook group on this sailing, which is hysterical. They put a they put a door sign up that said celebrating our divorce, 10 years, new beginnings, and they were sailing together. So how beautiful is that? We're married 10 years in where, you know, at that point, you're just as good of friends as anything else. The spark is gone. You don't get along as much as a husband and wife. So you decide to call it quits. But before you do that, let's book a Royal Caribbean cruise on our lore of the seas and let's celebrate our divorce that we're getting by booking a cabin together. Hysterical, funny. Some people will judge. I think it's absolutely fabulous. I think it's great. And congratulations to them. And yes, absolutely. Cheers to new beginnings for both of you. All right. This is crazy. I tell myself every week I'm going to find a way to do a shorter show, but here we are. We're an hour in almost. And uh, old Tommy Long Shows is at it again. But let's try to fly through the rest of this stuff. I want to talk about the next Facebook group, which is the 9th to the 15th. And they're on right now. So we're not going to get a bunch of info yet because they're in the middle slash early portion of their sailing so uh, a couple of things they had a couple of uh people who mentioned that there was some trouble with room service in the am they mentioned that they were in some cases an hour or more behind and that was for multiple passengers as well it wasn't just one or two uh big thumbs up about the spicy margarita from Sabor. People love the spicy margarita. There's raves, as usual, about the guitar guy in the pub. Uh, My experience on the Oasis-class ships is that the pub takes a little bit more to get going. I noticed there's a lot. There was a lot of energy on Adventure of the Seas. There was a lot of adventure on the Mariner, the Navigator. But both of my dealing, well, Harmony, Oasis... It was fun. It was good. It just didn't have the same energy. But, you know, it's also about the entertainer that's in there. I think if you have the right entertainer, it sounds like there is in this particular case, uh, then it's going to be fun. The When it's right, the English pub is a place where you get together and you're singing along and everybody's at the top of their lungs. And it just becomes like that sweet Caroline type of vibe. But we'll see what happens in this uh, situation. Both sailings had successful marriage proposals so that's always a good uh good hopefully we can keep that streak going adam sprinkle is a bartender that comes very very highly recommended he seems to be at the sky bar and guys you know that's a big thing for me when you're on a cruise and you want to establish good service you want to do it on day one you want to find your go-to people whether it's you know tipping your cabin steward on day one to make sure that you still get that same friendly smile every day despite the fact that maybe you may not be as clean or you may not be as cooperative with the times of you leaving so that they can get in and do their job if you're not tipping Yeah, they're going to be annoyed. But if you're going to give them some money, you'll get the, it's okay, no problem, Mr. and Mrs., you know, and then insert your first name because they're going to know it. But, uh, you know, just a couple, a little bit of helpful hints. Same with the bartenders in the service. Know the people you want to go to right away. Put some money in their hand right away, and that will absolutely enhance your experience. Now, I know a lot of people say, why do I got to tip out some money? You don't. You don't have to. But. It's just, you know, take it from a guy who comes from New York who, you know, we all realize money talks. You pull a couple of dollars out. More often than not, it ends up being a pretty good investment. 
uh, people yelling in the group at each other. <laughs> I saw that they're like, you better get your ass to the mustard drill. Make sure you get, there's still 400 people who haven't done it. You know, it's funny because people yelling because they were, what are you in a rush for? But I do love it because it just, it's indicative of why I love cruising. It's an adventure. It's an adventure that we're on together and you know, for good or bad, for better or for worse, everybody's kind of, you know, we're, we're a team. We have to get this sailing done as a team. It means get your mustard drill done so we could sail away. Listen, we're sailing away either way, okay? We're all going to the same place. You, The fact that some people are late on their mustard drill, and this is a big thing for the peer running, and I know I'm an advocate of peer running, and most people hate it and despise it. It really doesn't affect you, Okay. The sailing, you're not going to get to Aruba any later because three or four people didn't get to their mustard drill on time. But I still do like the whole kind of community of it and the back and forth and the chiding and the, I just like it. I, that's what I love about cruising. So many things to like about cruising. The community factor and the fact that we're all in it together type thing uh, is attractive to me as well. All right. So uh, there's a website called royalcaribbeanblog.com run by a gentleman named Matt good good guy and he's full of Royal Caribbean information and one of them is just some helpful hints that are specific to allure of the seas and I'm going to read a couple if you want to check out the full list go to royalcaribbeanblog.com and uh, there's plenty of good information on there about Royal Caribbean in general if you are if you if you're loyal to Royal or you just find yourself on a Royal Caribbean ship every once in a while great information there but here he goes uh, if you want some seclusion there is a secret sun deck on deck 14 if you take the forward elevators and keep walking forward once you get off the elevator you'll find a large sun deck where you most likely will have the whole thing to yourself so if that's your thing check it out look for the small wonders these are robots that are kind of like placed throughout the ship they're not real robots they're inanimate objects they just stand still but they have viewers like in the eyes of the robot you can look into the eyes like directly like a viewmaster, and you'll see cool kind of pieces of art and different interpretations inside all of the small wonders throughout the ship it's a cool little kind of feature a little side thing nothing that's going to make a break your cruise but it's kind of cool central park has a secret deck just outside the elevator lobbies on deck nine you uh will see the small two balconies uh with tables and chairs overlooking central park so if you get off on deck nine it's a nice kind of chill place to relax and you can overlook central park there's carnival games. I did not know you were allowed to say carnival on a Royal Caribbean ship, but if you do have kids or if you're like games yourself, you open the Royal Caribbean app, click on games at the bottom of the screen, and then you head to the boardwalk. Right across from Sabor, there are a few posters that look like they're supposed to be just part of the decor or decorations, but they're actually part of the game you play on the app, and it's kind of like interactive. I'm not 100% sure how it works. This is not the type of thing that I jump all over, but it is kind of cool. Uh, the peace and quiet of the jogging track uh, aft deck five. People hear jogging track, they say, I'm not going anywhere near the jogging track. Why would I? But what they don't realize is that there's something really cool and peaceful about being on the promenade deck because of the proximity that you have to the sea. And the best part of that is being in the aft portion of the ship, and that is where the jogging track is, but it's not just the jogging track. There are seating areas over there where you can hang out, and I could tell you right now, you'll go there and you'll check it out, and you'll see just... You know, if you're a book reader or if you just want to put music on or a podcast on and you want to lean back and just stare at the wake, 
that's a great place to do it, on Deck 5, where they have the jogging track. The Aqua Theater, the shows can be seen from the landing area below the rock climbing walls. A lot of people know that, you know, you want to book early. If you don't get a chance to book the Aqua Theater because it's sold out, you can go to the landing that is right near the rock climbing wall, and you have standing room there for you to check out in case you forget to make a reservation. Then there's this drink on board. Everybody goes crazy for it. It's like it's got a cult following, Matt says. It's called the uh, Cucumber Martini. And there's only two bars, apparently, that you can get this Cucumber Martini. 150 Central Park and the Champagne Bar. The Champagne Bar is something that's also unique to Allure nowadays because it's been replaced on all the other Oasis-class ships with the Robot Bartender. Uh... And then I just want to talk about what we're going to do and what I'm thinking about doing. Listen, well, by the way, food little secrets here. The roast beef sandwich at Park Cafe, if you're not a vegan, if you're carnivorous in any way, shape, or form, make sure you go and get that. The sandwich at Park Cafe, the roast beef sandwich, it is delectable. Don't miss out on that. And a sleeper item is the doghouse. You know, you can get a, a hot dogs a couple of different ways. Now, I'm not talking about New York City water, dirty water dogs with just some bread and some mustard on them. No, these are dressed up nice dogs with a lot of toppings and different types of buns. And you have your Chicago dogs. They're almost like sausage, more like sausage, like Midwest proper Midwest hot dogs that they are just like ballparks or New York City dogs. Like definitely check that out too. Um, they have a Brazilian steakhouse, Brazilian style churrascaria, which is, I believe it's in the Solarium Cafe at night. During the day, it's Solarium Cafe, sort of lunch, dinner type, lunch, breakfast type spot. But then at night, it becomes a uh, churrascaria, which is a Brazilian steakhouse, which is, you know, the, how it works where they just unload meat on you until you just can't walk anymore. And uh, they don't have that on the other ships. So definitely enjoy that and uh, a lot of other stuff. But I wanted to mention what we're going to do or what we're thinking about doing in some of the ports of call, Labadee. It's always a beach day. I just mentioned some helpful hints before, but things that people do on Labadee that are popular, enjoy a Labadoozy, as I mentioned. Uh, they have island escapes where you could take a boat to a remote island location and have a beach day there, sort of like a little Island within an island experience. They have jet ski tours. They have one of the most famous zip lines in the world. I did it. I was horrified and terrified after a couple of shots of Jim Beam and some Grey Goose. I was able to be convinced to do it. Where you get in a truck, you actually have to practice. This zip line is so extensive that you have to do a practice run first. And it's cool. The whole experience is really, really cool. Uh, if you're a little bit of a thrill seeker, it's not that scary. You don't go that fast. But when you're up at the top of that, I guess, landing area where you're about to do the zip line and you have four or five of your buddies next to you and they all give the all clear and go sign and they give you your last minute instructions and all of a sudden you are flying over the beach of Labadee in the shadow of the cruise ship or the cruise ship is in the shadow of you, I should say, depending on how you want to look at it. And uh, it is about 60 seconds of pure bliss. I definitely recommend the zip line. You got to be, I think, under 275 pounds. Me at the time, I was good by about 10 pounds. I've definitely spent time on land where I wasn't good. I'm good now. I think I could do it. I think for me, it might be a one and done thing. Maybe I'll do it again eventually down the road. I don't think it happens on this tour. 
they have an alpine roller coaster, which is really, really cool. You jump on the roller coaster and you basically go up the mountain. They shoot you up the mountain and then you control your own speed. You don't control your own speed. It's basically run by gravity. And then you have the ability to brake if with your hands, you can control the brakes if you want to slow down at any point, which freaks me out because what if the guy behind you isn't going to slow down? Do they count for that? I'm sure they do. I haven't heard any problems, so I'm sure it's fine. And then, as I mentioned before, the barge bar, but the barge bar also has like high top tables in the water around it. I mean, that was one of the biggest reactions I got from all the pictures that I posted. People were like, where are you right now? And where was I? Was I was on a, I had my drink on a high top table in the water next to the barge bar in Labadee and I just did a little pan job of just like the ship then the mountains then the barge bar all from the perspective of just being literally in the freaking water so it was amazing loved it absolutely loved it <clears throat> excuse me and uh talking a lot of you like I said man I just I, I, I can't shorten you these are what they are I don't know what to tell you I go and I go Curacao Mambo Beach is the closest and that is the most commercial of the beaches and I don't say that as a bad thing it's got the modern amenities it's got the restaurants bathrooms uh, water sports that's where the popular beach is in Curacao uh, if you want to go to a more remote beach like I said the Casi Casaba whatever it was before what did I say let me go back and look as if this isn't long enough Ka. Sabo Beach in Curacao for a little bit more of a remote experience and a little bit more snorkeling. You have that available to you there. Uh, walk around Williamstad. It's a beautiful, beautiful port with those signature multicolored buildings as you're, as you're driving in, as you're sailing in. Uh, you go over the bridge. It's a famous, I guess it's the Queen Emma Bridge, which is a floating bridge. You just get on the bridge and it floats back and forth when the boat is going to come through, which just opens up. Otherwise, it just floats and it's like a pontoon bridge that you could walk over beautiful restaurants downtown eat some of the local food and then uh what i'm gonna maybe do i have my mind and my heart set on doing a hike up to the highest point in all of the abc islands and that is on mount christoffel mount christoffel whatever it's called it's uh over a thousand feet high it looks like quite it looks like it's quite challenging but I think I might be up for the task. I'm excited about doing it. If I make it up that early, like I said, plan your cruise. Put a plan together, but also plan to deviate from that cruise. If I have a rough night the night before, I don't know if I'm making it because you got to start this thing before 10 a.m. So that means you got to be off the ship, 45-minute drive from the ship to Christoffel National Park, and you got to be on the trail by 10 a.m. because otherwise they don't let you because it's too hot. And they don't want to deal with carrying people and evacuating people off the uh, off the side of the mountain because they decided to start when it's 99 degrees at noon. They also have a spot over a remote place where this guy's uh, Captain Goodlife. He runs like a little bit of a restaurant, beach, slash water sport, slash boat tour company real real character if you want to get into curacao a little bit you want to get a little bit of a local vibe i did some research on this and the facility looks very rustic but very very welcoming they will hand prepare you this appetizer kind of like i guess shareable platter that they have that has shellfish and salads and a lot of good stuff and you get a real personal touch from this nut job of a guy captain goodlife he was famous because he did a kayak adventure across all the abc islands and now he doesn't he doesn't give an f 
I seen him on many people's um, social media or YouTube channels, and he curses like crazy, and he goes off, and he's off the rails. He's an, uh, a gentleman of a certain age who just doesn't care anymore, but he also wants to give you a really, truly authentic Curacao experience, and he's equipped to do this. He does the boat tours himself as well, and uh, that's Captain Good Life, and it's sort of like in the same area of where Christophe Mount, Christophe Mountain is, and I may I may combo that up. We'll see, or I may not do any of it. We're gonna find out, but that's what's available in Curacao. And in Ruby, you have the normal stuff. You have Palm Beach, Eagle Beach. That's definitely a possibility. I lean a little bit more towards Baby Beach. If why not? You know, get in the car, do something crazy. Uh, get yourself some Dutch pancakes if you're inclined. The Dutch pancake is delicious. It can be sweet or it can be savory. It's like if French toast met pancakes met crepes but all kind of flavored with whatever you want. So it could be like a breakfast version. It could be a savory like ham and cheese version. It could be a sweets, you know, confection dessert type experience. But the Dutch pancakes, you know, I'm in. I'm in on the Dutch pancakes. I try to get them every, they leave a little char to them as well. You know what I mean? You don't really get much of a char, but like, I mean, it's it's delicious. It's absolutely delicious. They have a place called the Dutch Pancake House that's kind of close to the port in view of the Renaissance Hotel, which is another very popular place. You can go to Renaissance Hotel and have like a just a, a bar day, a lounge day by the pool, or you can get in this gondola that will take you to Renaissance Island where you're chilling on an island full of flamingos. A lot of stuff to do in Aruba. You could do food tours. The cuisine is uh, delicious. Uh, Resorts for a day are plentiful there as well. Plenty to do in Aruba. But that's about it as far as what we have planned and a little bit of the preview of the cruise that we're about to take on Allure of the Seas. And once again, that is on this Saturday, October 15th. And I couldn't be more excited for it. And now... Let's get into your emails. But first, he's back. He's all rested up, and he's got a couple of things he wants to say to you. That's right, you. He's my buddy, Morgan Freeman. Hey, Cones. Sorry to interrupt Tommy's rambling, but I don't have a lot of time, and I wanted to ask you about your next cruise. We know there are lots of decisions to make, such as, where do I want to go? How can I get the best deal? And which cruise line is right for me? Whether you're traveling solo with friends, or your entire family. Always be booked. We'll make sure we find the perfect cruise for you. You can book direct, but remember, cruise line representatives are going to operate in the interest of the cruise line. And don't get me started on those third-party websites. If you are looking for someone who is going to spend the time it takes to ensure that you find the cruise ship, ports of call, and excursions that are right for you, then go to alwaysbebooked.com or email tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let's face it, we are all searching for those moments of pure cruise bliss. And based on your detailed conversation with Tommy, we'll make sure it happens for you, over and over again. For the most personal and detailed cruise planning assistance, reach out directly to Tommy and he will make the process as enjoyable as the cruise itself. Whoa, Morgan, don't you think we're exaggerating? Now, Tommy, please let me do my job. My bad. Always be booked. It's a podcast. It's a community. And dare I say, it's a lifestyle. Go to alwaysbebook.com right now, and let's start planning your next adventure at sea. Thank you, Morgan, for that heartfelt message. 
Ladies and gentlemen, your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. If you'd like to be part of the Always Be Booked Cruise podcast, please email me, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com. If you do, at that point, we will, I will, read your email on air, and I'll have an answer for you if possible. If not, we'll throw it out to the rest of the community, and we'll get an answer in either email form the next week or in our Cruisers Lounge on Facebook. But like I said, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you want to join in and be a part of the fun here, it doesn't matter what you ask, what you want to contribute. We welcome your emails. And this week, we are going to start off. Tommy, you could not be more right when you say that Carnival is just giving away cruises for modest gambling in the casinos. I never bring more than 300 to gamble with on a cruise. I know I will probably jinx myself, but I'm actually quite a bit ahead. I spend nights per sailing playing roulette. If I get a few hundred up, I sit down for some blackjack. We are usually loyal to Royal, but my son is a roller coaster nut and would not shut up about the bolt. So I gave in and we booked a Mardi Gras for our we booked Mardi Gras for our spring break cruise last March. I bought $100 in chips at the roulette table and on the second night that was the last time I had to dip into my own money. What I was not prepared for was the offers that would come in rolling after that. We were able to book one of the casino offers and get a free room on the panorama this past September. I only had $80 with me the first time I sat down at the panorama casino. And once again, I never paid another dime of my own money. I just recently got my offers in after that. And sure enough, more deals I couldn't refuse. So now we are booked on two more carnival ships with free rooms. I promise there is a question coming and not just me rambling about my good fortune. The two I am booked on are the Paradise out of Tampa, November 18th to the 23rd in 2023, and Horizon out of Miami on November 25th to December 3rd, 2023. With two days in between the five and eight day cruises, I'm wondering what would you recommend spending that time on? Should we spend both days near Tampa and and make our way to Miami on embarkation day or head straight to Miami and spend our time there. Maybe even split it up. It should be noted that we will have our 17-year-old daughter and 12-year-old son if that makes a difference in your recommendation. Sorry for the long email. I look forward to your response, Gary. Gary, to me, this is a bit of a no-brainer as far as what you're going to do. I mean, get out of Tampa, I would say. You know, here's the thing. Tampa has an absolutely world-class, world-class aquarium that happens to be right next to the cruise port. I definitely say check that out. It, it's 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 incredible. Um, follow uh, Fantastic Cruising, and uh, that is a, a podcast that talks about aquatic wildlife and, and sea life. And look up Matt Allen. Matt Allen runs the show over there. He does a podcast, and then he also... I believe is associated, I think he was an employee of that uh, aquarium. I think he still is, if I'm not mistaken. But he's got a good show, and he uh, talks a lot about the wildlife and you know the ocean-dwelling creatures. And uh, he, if you reach out to him, he may have some information on what you have to do to get into the aquarium. But besides that aquarium, yes, get right to Miami. Go to Miami. There's so much to do there, I think, in my opinion. It's a little bit of a hike. It's definitely at least four hours, four and a half hours or so, if I'm not mistaken. 
mistaken. I think it's probably about four hours. And you go to Miami and you you know get a hotel. You go to Bayfront Plaza. You could do the South South Beach thing. You can go. There's, there's just ton, tons of stuff to do in Miami. Even if it's just Bayside Plaza alone, I would recommend spending a day with the family at South Point Pier Park. That's what it's called. There's a park right at the very, very beginning of South Beach where, you know, there's, it's like a little bit of a playground. It has a Smith & Walensky's restaurant. It has a beautiful pier. It has jetties. And it's right at the beginning of South Beach. And it's just a cool place to spend the entire day, especially if it's a day where there's cruise ships coming in and out. But just Miami in general. Miami versus Tampa there's just so much stuff to do. The Holiday Inn right near the, uh, I guess the near near where Bay Plaza is, is great. You have Brickle, uh, you know, and I do understand that you have kids. Your 17 year old daughter will love it in Miami. Just walking up and down, people watching in South Beach, going to the beach there. There's just so much more to do and so much more to enjoy. In my opinion, in Tampa, you do have a lot of things to do. You have Ebor City in Tampa, but you know, Tampa's Tampa's no Miami. Let's just put it like that. And congratulations on uh, all your winnings congratulations on uh, and hopefully you know what don't be negative maybe you will your streak will continue you know you you're gambling and that's all you know that's the mentality you have to take when you're going to play at the casino you sit down with an amount of money that you're okay with losing and you have fun playing you the idea is to make that money stretch it out for as long as you can because when you're having a good time at a casino table with a good table full of good people and the dealer's cool it's a great experience you get lost you get lost. you end up thinking you're going to sit there for 45 minutes and it ends up being three hours later because you go on a run the dealer's with you the, the 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 everybody's winning the dealer just keeps busting and you're in good shape but yeah, you know, be careful with those free cruises though, because you know they get you on the ship. And you know, if they could, they would do that. Why would they want an empty room? Of course, they would rather have you be in the room than have the room empty. But they can't devalue their product so as to just be putting out free cruises for the general population. That's why just the smallest amount of gambling on a ship will get you into that club. And I know people have said, you know, maybe you shouldn't, as a travel agent, you know, maybe you don't mention that as much, but I get it. It's just that, yeah, I'm a travel agent, but my first loyalty is for consumer advocacy. You know, I'm a content creator. And if I see a little situation where you can make a, get a, get a good deal, and it's not for anybody anyway. First and foremost, you do have to put up a few hundred dollars to make this happen. You know, you would think you'd have to put up a few thousand, but you don't. A couple of them, not everybody likes to just put $500 on the line in a casino. So that rules a lot of people out. And then you have to realize this is not a free cruise. You're paying tax and port charges for two people, and you're paying for your drinks and all your onboard stuff and everything. It adds up. Transportation to and from, if you're not from that town, if you're not from that area, you're going to pay $500 no matter what. You know, and that's on the low end. That's on the low end. So a free cruise sounds like a free cruise. It's not necessarily as free as it sounds, but it is a great deal. And it sounds like, you know, you're working the you're working the game right, Gary. You're working the system right. You're doing it right. But yeah, uh, maybe stop in Orlando. Why don't you do that? Just stop in Orlando between Tampa and, um, you know, definitely go to Universal Studios. And the 17-year-old daughter can run around, you know, City Walk. The kid's going to love the rides. Roller coasters. Gary, 
Why don't you stop in Orlando? Why is not why is not that one of the choices? It's on the way. Moving on. Hey, Tommy, to my knowledge, you have never cruised on MSC. I would like to know your concerns, as I feel I may have the same. I never cruised outside the big two. I don't believe Norwegian deserves to be on the same level as Royal Caribbean of Carnival, but don't tell Frank Del Rio. Yes, you do not want Frank Del Rio hearing that from you. He'll show up at your house, and it'll be a problem. You don't want it. Nevertheless, I am really interested in getting out of my comfort zone on Royal and Carnival and trying new cruise lines. Like you, I am borderline addicted to online cruise shopping, and Cruise Plum has to be my most visited website. I am a no-frills, cheap cruiser, and I will take interior cabins every time if it means I can get to go on a few more cruises per year. The cheapest cruise that comes up a lot during my searches is MSC. I could see myself going on a Norwegian, Disney, Princess Princess Virgin, etc., but MSC seems like a European cruise. Are they even speaking English on board? What type of food are they even serving? Hey, are they even, uh, hey, like, hey, I like French uh, Freedom Fries, don't cancel me, but seriously, I do have concerns about the food. I feel like the cruise line may be a little posh as well. Would love to get your thoughts and what you have heard about MSC or if you would ever sell them. And that's from Snap. Snap is a great emailer, great listener, longtime supporter of the show, a friend of the show. And man, Snap, it's good to have you around and good to hear from you. Please keep the emails coming, brother. We love them. You can't do it too much for us. You're not canceled. Um, I will say MSC. The knocks that I have had or heard on MSC is that it can be a little on the boring side. They don't necessarily have the same feel for what the American cruise passenger wants from a partying or fun or entertainment or enthusiasm standpoint. I think, you know, when you say European, that could mean a lot of different things, and a lot of those things can get you canceled. But what I feel from a European cruise, what I think they mean is that, you know, you're on your own kind of. Listen, we built this ship. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's undeniably beautiful. Now you make your own fun. We did our part. We built you this cruise ship. Now, if you don't know how to enjoy yourself on it, that's on you. Whereas other cruise lines are like, listen, this is what we got going on at this time. Hey, listen, you're not going to want to miss this. Listen, we hired these nine people on board who are professional fun party starters who you're going to, they're going to make sure you have a good time. They're going to walk you through the fun. I mean, not just fun, carnival's the fun ship, but Royal Caribbean does it too. So does Norwegian, even though you kicked them out of the big three. And I, I, I get what you're saying, but So I hear in that respect, they don't necessarily bring it from that standpoint. I also hear portions of food are smaller. I also hear that entertainment, which is not a huge factor for me, is not great, is is very basic. It's not necessarily uh, a lot of thought put into, you know, they'll have things like the opera or they'll have things like, um, you know, uh, mimes or things that are more like circusy and like uh, whereas you know a lot of the american cruise lines will have broadway shows and dynamic you know even if you don't like playlist productions on carnival it's enthusiastic it's dynamic it's american it's rock and roll you know they have that for you msc you're going to see opera shows or a, a lot of that type of thing mimes uh more performance art 
than real entertaining shows. Uh, I hear the staff doesn't go out of their way to be endearing to you. And that I hear is a European too, thing too. They don't, European don't necessarily care about interacting with the staff or getting a good vibe or like uh, necessarily get it being overly friendly or overly courteous from their staff. These are the things I hear from MSC. And yes, it does have me apprehensive, but you are right, Snap, in the fact that I eventually have to go see this stuff for myself. Because my buddy Austin Maxwell, who is a emailer, listener, and a former guest on the show, and uh, of Shark Tank fame, shout out to Kanga Coolers, go on TikTok and search Kanga Coolers, Kanga with a K, and uh, see what they invented. Just that's all I'll say. And uh, he said he loved MSC. He went on the Divina. You know, that's not one of their newer ships. That's not one of their uh, hardware forward ships. So maybe on Davina, they do a little what we talk about with uh, Carnival Fantasy class. Maybe they make up for it with the fun because of the fact that, you know, they have. And we also talked about Austin goes with nine studs and ladies, you know, like they're shooting a beer commercial. You know, so they got a crew that there's going to be fun to be had with that crew no matter where they are. You put them on a freaking, you know, you could put them in a. La Romana, and they're still going to have fun. But uh, that's my apprehension with MSC. But snap, yes, we got to get over it. Tommy, I was listening to your podcast about the recent fights on Carnival cruise ships. My wife and I just got off a four-night cruise, and although we did not see any fights on our cruise, we did notice a lot of shots being consumed from 9 to 10 a.m. Wow. As I worked in bars in younger years, it reminded me of quarter beer nights full of liquid courage as i as i do enjoy to indulge in the spirits myself i wonder if eliminating the drink package on shorter cruises would help just something for thought respecting your vast knowledge and experience in the bar business keep up the great work thank you chuck well i do appreciate you complimenting me on my vast knowledge if there's anything if there's any way you could describe my knowledge in most topics it is it is that it is vast uh i'm a, I, I have vast knowledge and experience in the bar business um kidding i, I mean i guess i do i guess i'm sort of uh did my ten thousand hours you can kind of consider that maybe some sort of expertise but nine to ten a.m a lot of shots that's a that's a unique cruise now Maybe a couple. I could see it happening here and there. But if there are a lot of shots being consumed by between 9 and 10 a.m., yeah, that's that's crazy. And taking away the drink package on shorter cruises, that might solve some of the problem. But I do not agree with doing that simply because of this. There are always a few bad apples. I am a full believer, and I'm not just painting, I'm not just seeing the world through rose colored glasses. I truly believe that when people get on cruise ships, they usually come with the right frame of mind. And even those who might cause a little trouble on land are less likely to do so because they're on a Caribbean cruise. And everything that comes with it, the fun, the beauty, the, the magistry, and the repercussions if you do mess up. I think that turns a lot of people who would otherwise be problematic on land, turn them into a little bit more harmless at sea. Now you're dealing with a different faction, a smaller group of people who will, despite the fact that all these things are in play, will go go dark. Okay, And I just don't see the merit in punishing everyone 
for the actions of a few. Carnival did recently just spring into action and put a bunch of things in place that hopefully will deter people. Now, I don't know how it's enforceable. They're saying that if you mess up on a cruise ship and you get into a fight, you will be regulated to your stateroom. You'll pay what it costs to man the stateroom by the person who's got to stand out there with the taser to make sure you don't get out of your room. You're going to have to pay $500 and you're going to have to pay for your transportation home. I don't know. The, the kicking off the ship is definitely a thing, 100%. You can kick people off the ship. That's real. But charging them the 500 bucks, if you're already permanently kicked off Carnival, who, who are you to, you know, char- I'm not paying the 500. I don't agree. I don't agree with you. I'm not paying the 500. I don't know how. Maybe it is enforceable. I know it's in the cruise contract, but how much of the cruise contract can actually go against your credit and an actual judgment could be put in play? I don't know. We'll see. Um, I guess I'll do a little bit more research on the enforceability of that. But I just don't like the fact that you're going to take away the drink package, which so many people like myself and you enjoy, for the actions of a couple of just, you know, uh, outlaws, for lack of better terms. Ladies and gentlemen, that's pretty much it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Always Be Booked Cruise podcast. Don't forget, I have a Patreon, and it goes from Monday through Friday. It's about a half hour every show. It's called The Wake Up Show, and it's just a real positive way to start the day. We talk about cruising. We talk about ports of call. We talk about just anything that can be inspiring. We talk about stories for the week and things that are not related to cruising as well with your cruise news, all of it, all of the above. That's The Wake Up Show, $8 a month. It's also a good way to just support the show that I'm doing right now. We're trying to make a real go of this, trying to make see if there's a possibility of being able to do this full-time for a living. We're a long, let me, let me tell you, we're a long way away from being able to do that. But hopefully we see some progress along the way and that happens in the form of things like you signing up for this Patreon. $8 a month. Check it out. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash always be booked. Patreon.com slash always be booked. $8 a month. Five extra shows a week. Uh, also, email like you just heard the emails. If you want to be part of the show, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. The Facebook group is our community. Check it out. Uh, the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. Give me some views on YouTube, will you please? Always be booked on YouTube. Check out that Virgin Voyages video. Dare I say share it. Let somebody know that you like this show. If they like cruising, if they like podcasts, if they like travel, if they have any sort of, uh, or if they go on long drives, <laughs> if they take long drives, forward this podcast to them, share it with a friend. That's the absolute best way you could help this show. And uh, Instagram, always be booked. Other than that, I'm excited to hopefully we'll get a conversation going for you Thursday. We'll have shows all week long on Patreon. And next week, we are at sea. And we couldn't be more excited about that. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are the absolute best. Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away a little your big problems. You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine-nine tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away. To where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Jimmy.
There's a perfectly good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just sleep there till morning comes round With sunshine ten ladies And pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the... So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from